loved your point about um, acting the Egypt, Sean, because if I had a nickel for every time my mother said to me growing up, would you stop acting the Egypt? I'd be a rich Ugh. man. But Welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. I'm your co-host, Dennis. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And we're just a couple guys talking the Catholic faith over a pint or two of our favorite beers. So why don't you pour yourself a pint, pull up a chair, and listen in for the next little while. As we take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. And as always, if you want to take part in the conversation or have an idea for the podcast, leave us a comment or swing by our Facebook page and drop us a message. Dennis, buddy, how are you doing today? Good, Robert. I'm doing well. I think we have a guest from the old country on today, do we? I think you're going to have the same problem today, Dennis, that I always have when I get around a bunch of francophones. And even if we're speaking in English, all of a sudden I pick up an an accent. So I I start speaking with a French Canadian accent or do you jump into French? It it depends on who I'm around. So Mm -hmm. my mom loves telling the story. When I was about 10 years old, they sent me to hockey camp. And I was in a cabin with five or six guys from Northern Ontario, so French Canadians. Mm-hmm. Right? Real slang I, French Canadian there up there, right? Yeah. I didn't at the time I didn't speak a lick of French, but I came home with the French accent. There, you know what I'm saying? There you go. I know the accent. Yes. So, but I have a feeling you're going to uh, be sliding a little bit into your own roots, your own childhood, because you grew up uh, surrounded by Irish accents. I did, yes, yes. I grew up in an Irish family, as as the listeners know, I mentioned before, and my dad is from not too far, I think about an hour's drive maybe from our, our guest today, Robert, so we'll be visiting some familiar spots that I had grown up and visited when I was young in the 70s, and then we had taken a guess a family reunion trip about seven or eight years ago and visited some more of those spots again so it's always good to talk to somebody from the old sod as we say yeah oh i know you're really excited i think you've been itching the whole two and a half years that we've had this podcast to get somebody from the old sod you said i know it's like do you discriminate against the irish like what took took you so long to get to after almost three years, you finally get a guest from from back back from Ireland. Back yeah, from Ireland. No, no discrimination meant. It's just the way things have have panned out. And as we were sharing with our guest before we started recording, if you go back four generations, there is Irish blood in my family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think most right uh, in Canada, certainly there'd be Irish or or English blood. One of the two. It seems like either that was the you know, of course, in French blood. Quebec, right? But well, exactly. mostly English yeah. and Irish in, in English Canada. Well, and that's my mom's side. Right, right. right. My, that's my mom's yeah. side. My dad's side. The white would be French Canadian. Fr- very, very French Canadian. Let's just say when I head uh, east of the Ottawa River, uh, I don't have to spell my last name anymore. No, no. Which is kind of course not. And they say Robert right away, not Robert, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I know we're excited to uh, start talking with our our guest here on the show today. So I want to introduce Sean Murray. Mm -hmm. Sean grew up in Glenariff, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, right? Glenariff, which is considered the most beautiful glen of Antrim, where he worked on his uncle's farm, clipping, dipping, and dragging sheep. And I can't wait to get into Sean's story tip really find out what it is, clipping, dipping, and dragging sheep. Now, although the Catholic faith was a cherished part of Sean's childhood, like many of us, including present company, Sean fell away as a young adult only to come home once again. 
Of course, growing up in Northern Ireland, when he did, Sean's life was marked by the Troubles. But like many of the Irish before him, Sean left Northern Ireland for the promises of America, yet his path led him back home to Northern Ireland and his Catholic faith. The founder of Catholicism Rocks, we're pleased to sit down and share a pint here today with Sean Murray. So Sean, welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Thanks, Dennis. Thanks for having me on. A true blessing to have you here. And like I said, Dennis has uh, yeah, been so very far excited. so good. We can understand it perfectly. We don't need the subtitle, so that's great. Just as opposed like to the host, which, you know, the host needs the subtitles host, sometimes. Yes, but uh, I guess we should say the prayer, Robert, so we can get we, going well, on the drink. We should get into our beers. And you were pointing out, Dennis, before we hit record, if it's not the first, it's maybe the second time. Maybe the second that we both show up for an episode with the same beer. Now, I know I've had mine sitting in the beer fridge for a couple months. It was a retirement gift, but at that point, we were already trying to work to get Sean on the show. So I knew at that point I was going to have to save my Guinness Yes, for when Sean, Sean came on the show. And Dennis, you are drinking today? Yeah, I think I did this. I've had mine for... I always have a Guinness or two in the fridge, but yeah, it's been there for a couple of months. But we could have... Chosen Harp or Smittix or Murphy Stout. It's funny we both picked Guinness, right? I guess. I'm trying to be a little a little stereotypical. Now, does yours come with my the glass from the Guinness factory in with your name etched in it? I think I brought this on the show one um, maybe a year or two ago, Robert. There no, we my, go. My, that looks my, familiar. My, my Guinness glass comes from your cupboard. <laughs> That's right. There I think I yes. wandered through your kitchen one day and That's grabbed right. that. Yeah, for you myself. Got a couple. I knew I was missing a couple of pint glasses. Yeah. Oh well. And Sean, what are you drinking today? Well, I'm I'm only drinking water now, but I I was partying last night. I was a big celebration. My cousin was fifty, and all, I have a lot of cousins, and we all got up together, and we were drinking quite hard last night. So, so you tied one on, did you, Sean? Not that we wanted. I said you tied one on. Yeah, I, I was really bad. So, yeah. not that we want to throw any uh, stereotypes out there yes. or anything, Sean. I know I never, I never normally go out. This is a one-off occasion, so I'm not. So um, that's why you can't have any today. Well, fair enough. And now uh, you were saying your cousin turned fifty, Sean. Yeah, Dennis, do you remember what it was like to turn fifty? Uh well, that was what a decade ago, decade and a half ago, buddy. Robert, it was only last year. You know that as well as I do. Yeah. Wait, well, I went. Didn't I go to confession recently? Yeah, you again. better uh, better be careful there. We're just going to have to let that settle while we're saying prayer. That's one thing I've learned with the Guinness. You just, you got to let it settle because it's uh, like, it's other, just beautiful though. There, so poor, poor Sean sitting there in the Zoom and Sean just just more. <laughs> Oh, completely understandable. Been there and uh, yeah, know that the day after, oh. water is the best thing. Now, Dennis, whose turn is it to say prayer before we... I think it's yours, Robert. I think I did it last uh, time we were on. So you go ahead. In the name of the Father, Father and of the and Son, the, Son. And the oh. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer and water, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race. And grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink it may gain health and body and peace and soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. 
in the name of the, the Father, Father, and of the, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Okay, has it settled, Robert? Are you all set? I'm ready to go. Cheers, Dennis. Cheers, Robert. Cheers, Sean. Cheers. Oh, how's the water nice today? Good? Hmm? How's the water, Sean? Good? Yeah, it's good. That's perfect. <laughs> Guinness okay. is velvety as always. Oh, this is just so nice. Yeah. Hmm. I got. I can only have one. I have to have a long drive ahead of me. So. Yeah. Um, full of iron. Yeah, it's good. What, what's the old saying? Guinness. Come Guinness on, is good. Guinness is good for you. Guinness is good for you. And there's a couple of others, which I forget. They're on my playing card somewhere around here. My goodness, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. Anyhow, Sean, this is where we uh, get out of the way, myself and uh, Robert, and we allow you to tell your story to our listeners and go back as far as you want and uh, how your faith journey began, if you if you may. Well, um, there I grew up and was quite idyllic, you know, to look at, scenic. Um, you know, you had the mountains that swept down into the sea. Uh, there was a big forest park with all the waterfalls and that, you know, up around where I grew up. Um, and I, I love my faith. So all my my all my uncles and aunts have been very religious people. My father father and aunt would have had to say the rosary every night. Um, I used to go to mass. And then as an old served as an older boy, so I did. And um, I had a very good a very good priest there. His name was Father Kennedy. He was a very good holy man, and I learned some stuff from him. I learned, learned a lot from him. And I used to like going out to the chapel whenever I was really just by myself, you know, just going into the chapel and praying in front of the tab- tabernacle. This is like whenever I was only in primary school still, like so you're talking maybe eight, nine, ten, eleven, that kind of thing. And then um, I suppose once I got up a bit, I started going to what we call secondary school. Um, I started um, going away from my faith and hanging around maybe the wrong people and we started drinking and smoking and uh, uh, even dabbled in drugs and that a little bit. And that's the way things just kept going uh, for a while. Um, so just for our listeners here, Sean, so you're on, you're overlooking the Atlantic Ocean and like in the Glens of Antrim. Is that right? In a beautiful like village or town type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're in a small town situation and, you know, you grew up with the same people, you're going to the same church and you're saying as you're now in your teenage and late teenage years, you're starting to kind of go away from the church. Like Robert had pointed out in his introduction, as many of us do. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's really beautiful district Scotland. You can see Scotland from, from right. Yeah. And it's just not 15 miles away. So we're just across the road, uh, across from Campbelltown. So if you want straight from Glenarf, straight across, you'd be in Scotland at Campbelltown, I think. Okay, so, the Mall of Kintyre, I think you mentioned in the the your bio type thing, makes uh, me want to sing that uh, song from uh, Paul McCartney and Wings. But please don't <laughs> go on, Mall of Kintyre. No, no. <laughs> Anyhow, Sean, yeah. I digress. Um, there was, there was, I remember um, some of the stuff from the troubles. You know, we didn't see a lot, but I remember uh, some. There's a few incidents happening. Like my brother, one time he get uh, there's a big celebration here that the Protestants have. On the twelfth of July, um, they have the, uh, parades and marching and um, different things going on. But they, they, on the eleventh night, they always be 
you know, a lot of people just drinking heavy and that Catholics kind of more late. It's just day in. You know, we, if, if you're if you're living in a mixed community, my brother was my brother was living was predominantly Protestant. Mm-hmm. And Lauren, I remember they kicked door in. They, they broke his door in and, and they beat him with bars and that, and they left his face was couldn't recognize him. Um, so I remember that happening. The rest of I, I we were kind of like as I said isolated from most of it. There was an explosion. With a with a carload of policemen was blowing up just a short distance away from me. Um, I was on the beach and that was on the road going round the shore and I was, you know, you could feel the. It's just like you see in the movies, you know, just a big mushroom and mm. that was, was uh, people were screaming and going mad, you know, like it's just surreal. Um, but apart from that, we didn't really we kind of isolated from all. We we didn't really see too much. Um, so, like you so said, most of that stuff was taking place in Belfast and Derry for the most part. Belfast, right, Belfast Sean, yeah. Derry, the cities, towns, and that, you know, like even plastic, some of the bigger towns as well, you know, there'd be a lot of violence going on. Right. I would die down, but during like certain uh, seasons and certain times of year or what times what's going on politically, I would kind of peak again, like, you know, people's blood would get up again. And then, so that was all happening. Uh, away a bit away from me, so I was doing drugs and taking drinks and that. And then I says, um, and I met a girl, started going out with a girl, and then we, what, um, I know what notion we took, but we decided to go to, to America. We just took off and headed to the US, and mm-hmm. that was it. I kind of we stayed at this hostel for a while, tied up some work, and then uh, both of us got work, and then we, we started renting an apartment. We stayed there for a while, and. I was still drinking heavy, you know, I was a lot, um, going out a lot. I think I was, I was probably even more so than I was whenever I, I thought I was comfortable and stuff, I think I was good. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, after a while we just decided to come home, we get fed up, you know, so as well, we're home again. And we call, call, um, so well, just, 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 sorry, just quickly, Sean. So you're there for three years, I think you say. So mm-hmm. what, what made like most Irish go to immigrate to, you know, Canada, U.S., mm-hmm. Australia, and they end up staying or England for the most part, they stay. Now, what, what, were you just homesick or did you feel like you were just drinking too much, getting into too much trouble? What was it that uh, made you? I think it was that because I started before, just before I came home, I started, I started going to mass uh, again. I started going, I, started, I, I don't know what happened or what kind of stirred me up but I, I thought you know I, um, there must be something there that was kind of like niggling at me and I said I'm going to start going to mass and even though I wasn't receiving Holy Communion or anything, I thought I'd better just go because I, I knew I wasn't in a state of grace and I, you know, I couldn't go to Holy Communion but I'd just go and sit at the chapel and then that's on a Sunday morning so you, you can't be going out partying the same you know uh on a Saturday night, if you want to have to go up on Sunday morning to go to mass, so mm. I probably I kind of can't curtail my drinking too in a Saturday evening as well. I bet because I knew I thought I have to not have to go to mass, can't wait, have to go to mass. So even though I wasn't going up and receiving Holy Communion and that, I was just sitting there, um, like at the back of the chapel, and that was before, just shortly before we came. My wife says, and then we decided, let's see about um, we'll go home, you know, we'll go home where we keep extra pounds in our pocket, you know, and. So we came back with a wee bit of money, and then we, we started, we lived in Ballycastle and that for a while. And then uh, 
my uh, I have a hereditary condition and I needed a, a something that comes from my mother's side and out there and I had a uh, I took really bad and was brought into the hospital and he says, you know, you, um, I needed to get a liver transplant and I had to put me to talk with the waiting queue because if I didn't get this liver transplant very soon, I was going to die, you know, and they didn't even know if they're going to give me the liver transplant because there's only so many, there's, there's more people up in livers and there's livers available. So they had a, they have to make a decision, you know, they have to have a panel to decide whether, you know, was because there's not much point giving me a lever and then maybe me die anyway. So then the lever's been wasted where it could have went to maybe somebody else, maybe had a better chance of survival. Mm-hmm. But they decided to give me a chance just because of my age, because I was so young at the time. And they, um, So I got my lever transplant on the 8th of December 2004 and I brought us the Feast of the Macular Conception and I was praying to lady and all before that, you know, I started going to Mass and... Uh, well, whenever I come back, sorry, I left it all, but whenever I come back, I started going to take my, I went to confessions, started really taking my faith seriously, stopped, you know, acting Egypt, stopped acting the maggot, and I stopped calming down, and then I went into hospital, and I, you know, I was still praying, and her lady got me through it, I believe it was her lady, you know, her lady, and I, I had Paddy Peel's met in that place, on my phone, and, uh, I got through that, Beautiful. and I said I, pro- I promised that I would. I promised our lady that I would try and be a saint. That we're all called to be. I try and you no, know, not just be mediocre, but try and strive to be the best person I can be. That's, uh, so, and then, and then that's how I got until my faith. I started reading and researching and trying to catechise myself a bit better and. Um, Yes, that's uh, great story. Uh, Sorry, Roberto. I was going to say, absolutely beautiful. I yeah. really love, Sean, how you were sharing that kind of those, the seeds of faith were planted in your childhood. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they so often are. And yeah. you were talking about, you know, growing up being an altar boy and going to chapel and the, the influence of Father Kennedy in your life. But you also were talking about uh, your aunts and your uncles. And they were teaching you to pray the rosary. Mm -hmm. And in your bio that we were talking about, uh, you spend a lot of time with aunts and uncles. So it sounds like family was very, very important. Family was very... Very, very very close family. My aunts and uncles would have been really religious, but my uncles were very... And my father, too. They'd be very stern men, you know, and they don't tolerate fools like, you know, like, you know, and he's... They um, they're very principled and they kind of I know it's like they kind of they had a presence about them. You know if, if other people came into their presence and that, I know people knew like our, they wouldn't use vulgar language or that. And then if, if other people was in there, they then they behaved themselves too. It was like you know they had an effect, mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. know uh, on I don't know how to describe it. it was like um, oh, no, exactly what you mean. They, and and they were kind of. Car and you know, like really, they had they held a presence in, in any room. My, my uncle's not there, big strong man. And they, uh, and oh, you're asking me what I said, Dagon sheep. So, Dagon sheep, you're asking me with the sheep earlier. Well, that's right? a, I was gonna, I was gonna come, come to that in, in a second, but I, I love what you're saying too. And that's something we should all strive for is being that presence that when you walk in the room, all of a sudden the conversation changes. 
right? And I think that's a beautiful thing. But yeah, the, this yeah. clipping, dipping, and dragging sheep. Dragon. Very curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dragon. It's, it's not dragon. It's, there's no R in it. Dragon. Okay, then maybe the auto correct maybe changed. I thought I saw dragging, but okay. Yeah. Oh, da- maybe, dag- maybe it did. Yeah, dragging. Da- so, da- dagging sheep. Dagging. That's whenever, so around the sheep's back end, they get it's all turtles and that, you know. You have to clean it, you clip it, so because it can get maggots can go in there, you know, around their back end. Okay. Gotcha. You can oh. clip that bit to keep it clean so it's. Yeah. No, Sean, you you mentioned. I was just as he's yeah. mentioning that, Dennis. I think both you and I can relate with golden retrievers that every so often you got to take a pair of scissors to the back end of the dog to that's right to, to yeah. clean that up. Right, still so have to do that. I know exactly what Sean's talking about there. Though no, I think I, the dog's probably more cooperative than the sheep, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I loved your point about um, acting the Egypt, Sean. Because if I had a nickel for every time my mother said to me growing up, "Would you stop acting the Egypt?" I'd be a rich oh. man, but. When you came back, obviously the peace, uh, the Good Friday peace accords were in full effect. But as you were growing up, the troubles were, uh, you know, still very much so in the 80s and 90s. And well, mm-hmm. for those listeners, it started in the late 60s, right, with the British soldiers' presence in Northern Ireland. But did that, how, what effect did that have on the church in, in Northern Ireland? I mean, were you still able to practice your faith? Was there good cordial relations for the most part between neighbors within the village and towns? How did you that know, affect you growing well, up, Sean? Um, so north, the north of Ireland is very um, segregated. So I, um, the parish I lived in was like um, like 99.9% Catholic. So I, I I did not grow up around. Oh, that's actually it. No, that's not true. Our, on my uncle's farm, the next people over, the, uh, our neighbours were Protestant. But um, no, they were good. They were nice people. They're, they're, we had no problems with them. But as the, the whole parish in general was ninety nine point nine percent Catholic, and it was, was like uh, so. I didn't really have much. I was whenever I went to the to what we call like a technical college. You know, I, I was going to be an electrician, mm-hmm. and I left. That was the first time I kind of was exposed to sectarianism. You know, or, or people judging you for that by mm-hmm. that. You know, like people. You know, and it was uh, like I well, that was like outside my village, I was in the town, and I realized that, yeah, it's not just, uh, yeah, yeah, and people have often said, well, then how would you know if they, well, and the, you know by their name, what school they attended, the, yeah. even the accent, if you're talking to them long enough, my brother in law said you'd pick up whether or not they yeah. were Catholic and, and, or Protestant. And, right? and we, yeah, and sometimes you can tell they love them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, interesting. You know, yeah, you can't, not all, but I mean, uh, Sometimes you could t- you could see see be looking at somebody you could tell by their appearance. Um, right. But we even say the letter H different, so the H letter off. But we could say that different. And what the letter so you... A, say the H the letter H. Right. We say H and they say H like H. H. Okay, okay. How do you say it? Because I, I notice a lot of Americans say H as well. We we say H, don't we, H. Robert? For the most part, H, H with an A, yeah. Yeah. But you we know what? H. Funny, my my wife who grew up in Australia, she says H with the H, and everybody picks up on that. The fact she says yeah. H instead of H, yeah. And uh, so even when, like, say you meet somebody for the first time, or you're working on a company, or you're working on something, 
this automatically happens in your head without you know it's not it's not you're not doing this consciously mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like you kind of like you're already trying to find out <laughs> what they are it's like uh, their name so their name could be like either or it could be like you know something you know like my name sean people's going to know straight away right you know yeah. it's got an irish name or but william say, on the other side right for sure you yeah, would know they were william protestant or something, right? yeah yeah that'd be yeah um or Gordon or something else, kind of very... Right. So, but my name's Sean, so people know, but automatically stay away. But as you said, from the school, from where you live, but even though you're just having a normal conversation, within a few, a couple of minutes, you, you've got them, it's like, oh, he's one, not like, you shouldn't think, I guess, but, or mm-hmm. you do, you think, oh, he's one of ours, or he, no, he's one of theirs, you know, or something, it's like, mm-hmm. but, but you shouldn't do that, but it's, it just happens, it's just how you... Yeah, but we see a little bit of that also here in Canada to a certain degree um, between the French Canadians and the English Canadians. Right. To a certain degree, nowhere mm-hmm. near what it would be in Northern yeah. Ireland. Right? There was a time in the early 70s where it started to go that way. Yeah. But it, it never panned out. But you still see uh, a little bit of that come out over here um but that being said to a certain degree as well we're very insulated from it and, and from uh the troubles that happened in northern ireland we were very conscious of of what was going on but again it just it wasn't we, we didn't have to live the experience that that you had to live and as you were talking about the 12th of july and the the orange day parade uh, the town I live in, uh, the, the Commonwealth is alive and well, where, yeah. where, where, where I live. <laughs> and up until the late 70s, early 80s, they still had an Orange Day parade in this town yeah. over here in Canada. And one of my friends that I worked with, uh, they grew up as Catholics in this town. And the one day when the Orange Parade was going on, my friend's uncle was going to the dump. So he had his trailer full of garbage and somehow he ended up in the middle of the Orange Day Parade. And somebody said, you know, leave it to the Catholics to have the worst float in the Orange Day Parade. (laughs) But we can get away with that here. Like I said, I I know from your own and and it's not to make light of your experience whatsoever. Mm -hmm. If anything, it's just to show a little bit how ignorant we can be on our end of what people have to live to live their faith in other parts yeah. of the world. We had the or- the biggest Orange Day parade outside of Ireland was in Toronto for many years. Robert, it was a, it was it was a very orange city growing up. In fact, when my dad came over in the 1950s, no Catholics need apply on a lot of the shop signs uh, throughout Toronto. Right, so it's very difficult for Irish Catholics to get a job. Much different now, as it is probably much different in in the north now. I would imagine a job yeah, oh, yeah. and housing is much more opened up to Catholics maybe than it once was, uh, Sean. Yeah, and, and the Catholic Church really did do um, a good job of at the education because our education standard was always better. You know, we, the Catholics here are always in the have a better education than, than the than our Protestant peers. You know, like we and the one exams and things like that. Yet we still couldn't get the jobs, even though we were right, right. You know, because the Catholic Church done a very good job. You no, know, so. so I, don't know, I think Canada's probably, as most of the schools there, like Catholics run schools, would they be or would they be state or like, like government schools? 
Yeah, they were originally run by religious orders, but they're all now, it's government, fully government funded for all the Catholic schools. In Ontario and a couple of other provinces, Robert, Saskatchewan and Alberta maybe, are the only ones left with fully funded Catholic I, I, schools? I, I think so. So yeah, like, just for kind of to, to help Sean understand that. So Dennis and I, I'm a retired teacher just this year. Dennis still teaches. We, we taught together in a uh, Catholic school, but the Catholic school we teach in is actually funded by the government. So it really is a publicly funded school. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's the way I see or something. So can anybody attend them, Sean? Can uh, non-Catholics attend? It, well, I guess they probably wouldn't, but I know non-Catholics yeah, now yeah. start to attend Catholic yeah, they schools. They can, yes. Yeah. Oh, they some can, okay. non-Catholics attend it and some Protestants would attend the schools, but like I say, most mostly if you have a Catholic school and it's in a Catholic area and there's, it's very segregated, so there's... There's no there's not person really to go to the school, right? You know? right and, okay. and if they do, if they if there's persons in the area, um, and, a, and there's a couple of persons in a Catholic area, normally not too far away. There's a Protestant area or a Protestant school, and they'd rather travel maybe that wee bit, maybe a couple of miles further, and go to that school and attend the, the Catholic. You know? course, but sometimes course. people do attend. Sometimes uh, non-Catholics and, and Protestants sort of thing. Hmm. Well, how's it change? How has it changed? That's amazing. Yeah. And thinking of the changes that have happened in Northern Ireland, uh, Sean, just with things settling down, right, has there been a flourishing of the faith? Or was the, the the faith so tied to the sectarianism that now that things are settling down, the faith is waning? So like, uh, how has the faith or the people going to Mass and people living their faith changed with well, the peace that's uh, come to Northern Ireland, it's, it's really people don't people not attend the mass now at all. Very very few people go to mass. Uh, the faith has fell away really badly, and I don't know if it's to do with. Um, I think it's just all over. I think I don't think it's really an Irish problem. I think I, or, um, mm-hmm. no, I don't Good think point. it's really so much to do with the troubles, but I, I think maybe the scandals that was kind of happening in Ireland. Helped. You know, whenever they were coming out about different priests doing different things, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think that kind of contributed to the falling away of the faith. Um, bad catechesis. I think that too. I think um, we're all too lax. We weren't really um, passing on the faith maybe we, the way we should have. Like you know, and I, I, I think like a lot of it. Even whenever people, everybody in the community was going to mass. And used to walk like we used to walk to the chapel. You'd see like rows and rows of people, everybody walking to the chapel. Now you don't see that. But be, I think even then, but as a veneer, I don't think there was any substance to it. I was just like, this is what we have to do. We just go. This is part of our thing. I don't think you're kind of what we would call uh, yeah. culturally Catholic. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's really any. Yeah, cultural Catholic. Just yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I, I like that you pick up on that notion of bad catechesis as well, because I've said time and again that in a lot of ways we were the uncatechized generation. Yeah. That those of us that grew up in the 70s and 80s and came of age in the 90s, there really wasn't a whole lot of catechesis that yeah. went, especially the roots of the faith. There was a lot of humanism that was taught, you know, yeah. loving your neighbor was taught. But the foundation of why we do that was never was never taught. I remember there's a as I was talking about that Father Kennedy, um, 
earlier, I, I remember like if, you, if I had a want for some reason to mask somewhere else, say I, 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 I whatever, I, maybe I had to go to a later mass and I had to go maybe in the next parish over, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I noticed that they were um, doing things that he wasn't, like there, nobody was receiving uh, Holy Communion in their hand at the chapel I was going to, no, nobody was doing that at that time, he, but it had already started in our places and, and um, altar rails and that, you know, the altar rails being taken away, he, he kept, everything was very still there whenever he was living and I, I noticed after he, he, is, he passed away, um, I retired then he, uh, he passed away a while ago, uh, not a good while ago now, but uh, after he left the parish, that was it, you know, all, all that, everything started coming in, all this, uh, you know, taking communion in the hand, getting rid of the patterns, you know, we used to have the patterns up at the altar, um, all that was done away with and, and they got rid of the altar rails and everything too. So I think it was kind of him that was kind of keeping it a wee bit traditional, you know, he kind of keep sticking to the things. And he didn't preach a lot, like he, he wouldn't have preached a lot, but just, um, he just showed reverence. Maybe it was through his actions and how he behaved at the mm-hmm. mass. Maybe that's kind of more like um, how people got a sense for the reverence you know, of the mass. It's them that the mass then through him offering sacrifice, you know. No, and I think that's key is if the mass is prayed reverently. Mm-hmm then the parish itself will want to be reverent and they will look for the the catechesis and they'll look to, to grow in the faith. Your father Kennedy sounds very much like my past pastor who, when he came into the parish, brought back the altar rails, brought back the incense for high mass and praying the mass ad orientum uh, and, and the patins uh, as well. And you could just tell that there was a certain reverence. That being said, I've also had a, a pastor who you know, prayed what we call the Novus Ordo Mass, but he did so in a way that was very, very reverent, right? And it, again, it's that reverence that calls the congregation into uh, wanting to deepen their faith. Right and, and planting yeah. those seeds like Father Kennedy did for you, and then wanting to go to adoration, wanting to go sit in the chapel. With the Blessed Sacrament. And you said the numbers have dropped off, Sean. Like we notice this certainly in my church, of, of which Robert now works in my church. But if not for New Someone's Canadians... Someone's got to keep you on the straight and narrow. Exactly. That's... If not for New Canadians, our church, if it was just older Canadians, white Canadians, the church would be half, well, less than half empty. Are you finding, yeah. uh, is there any sort of, like the churches you say, the faith is waning, but is there any uh, multiculturalism right, or, or new Irish... Yeah. Citizens yeah. coming in that are kind of filling up the pews like they are over here in, in certain parts of the Toronto area? Maybe in the cities, but not not in like okay. not not in Glenora for no. there's no there's nobody going there from like there's no right. Polish going there. There's no right. uh like like you know what there's there's a lot of Polish here now that are um uh people from Eastern Europe that's here, but so you'd be seeing in places like Cork and Belfast and Dublin, but not in the smaller, obviously not in the yeah, smaller areas, yeah, smaller and towns. I don't see too many children. You know, it's like older people now. So there's nobody. There's yeah. nobody really that even look. People's having less children too, which is yeah. another thing. So people's having less children, and then people's not going as much. So there's not. Um, We're not seeing the families go as much. I, I mean, I'm noticing that at my church for sure. Probably the same with you, Robert, up in Port Actually, Perry, it's like it's even more heightened. Up where yep. I am again, like I said, smaller town. We're a little bit outside of the metropolitan area, mm-hmm. so I'm 
Port Perry, where I am, Sean, is probably closer to resembling where you mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah, the parish is very aging parish. Uh, you could probably count on one hand the number of children I saw at mass today. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times when my wife and I walk in, we bring the age way down, the average age down in the, the parish. I mean, Dennis walks in, the, maybe you, the, the age shoots wife, up. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I was going to say maybe Ellie, but not you. The age uh-huh, is definitely uh-huh. not coming down. It's funny because we, we ended up evangelizing, you know, centuries ago, a lot of these colonies and places. And yet a lot of these new Canadians are now coming to our churches, to, which is a beautiful thing. We're seeing this evangelization from them. Keeping yeah, the faith and bringing it into ours. It's yeah, beautiful. I, I just love going to Mass lot, because of that. A lot of African priests now, like it used to be the Irish went to Africa. That's now right. They're, now they're all coming here to, to re-evangelize Ireland. It's it's a uh, great thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's hard, you know, like Ireland really did suffer for the faith. You know, we had the Mass rocks, you know. Um, we had to go to Mass in secret during the penal times. and Right. You know, they executed the priests. And they actually had what they call priest hunters, and that was their job, was to find the priests and, you know, uh, either th- throw them out of the country or execute them or something, you know. And uh, So, like, the Irish really did hold on to the faith. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was somebody, I think Chesterton talked about it, like, he couldn't under, like, you know, there's no reason why... The Irish held on, like, I couldn't understand, like, they, they had the same problems in Scotland and Wales. No, but why was mm-hmm. it that Ireland still would never, you know, they, they threatened them with no work and you couldn't vote and all that. And so the same kind of oppression, but the Irish, for mm-hmm. some reason, Chester, I, I think, I'm, I, I could be wrong, I think it was Chester and says about, it's amazing how they, how we never sold out, like, you know, we never, everybody, all the rest of Britain and all, you know, uh, succumb to Protestantism, you know, and Ireland never. And maybe because the Irish were used to being oppressed, and whereas maybe the Welsh and Scottish weren't used to being oppressed as much as the Irish, and they're just okay, bring it on type thing, and we'll keep the faith. And you look at that martyrs, though. You look at the Mexican and Spanish, and oh, even the English yeah. martyrs of the 16th century. Yeah. All these priests that were killed yeah. or you know executed. It's amazing that these people kept the faith. It's so and, impressive. And whenever you think about it, like. Uh, um, and Mexico, that wasn't really what a hundred years ago. That's not yeah. long. That's no, not like it wasn't. Long, You're right. Not a long time ago. Like that's yep. you know, 1920s. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the, the I, Spain, 1930s. Like it's yeah. less than a hundred years. It's a couple yeah. of generations removed. We think it could never happen, but yeah. And I, I think I think things well maybe go um, that way again. Maybe I, I think something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. That's going to God's going to intervene soon. Uh, in some way, because now it's out, out of human hands, like you know, it's something has to dramatically happen for for the world to kind of wake up. It's, got, it's gone that far. Really, no faith type thing, eh? And, and mentioning the you know the, the notion of martyrdom. So yesterday, mm-hmm. with the parish, we went on a pilgrimage to the sites of the Canadian martyrs, Saint John de Brébeuf, beautiful yeah. saint. Which yep. you're, you're talking four hundred years ago, mm-hmm. right? And at one point, the question came up. Are there still martyrs today? Right. And as you were sharing the story about your brother there, Sean, it, it made me think of the notion of martyrdom today. And and you know, the, the root word of martyr is to witness, right? And your brother, just by being a Catholic and 
living to to whatever degree his faith, he was targeted out and to a certain degree, we could say is a, a martyr. Not that he was killed for the faith, but he definitely suffered physically for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, that's what you're saying, that we're going to be called to be martyrs. Now, it might not always be physical, but in many ways, I think we'll be called to at least be spiritual martyrs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we already are to an extent, you know, we're kind of, you know, because Catholics are mocked and, you know, ridiculed in the faith. Like, and it's actually kind of cool now to be anti-Catholic in Ireland. It's like the, the, it's the only religion, the only thing you are allowed to discriminate against or, or mock or make fun of. It's like, and mm-hmm. like, of all, like Ireland, I'd say even more so in the South than in the North, they, they they really have a they're really anti-Catholic now and in the north maybe I don't know maybe as because of troubles not maybe as you said earlier we had to cling to it a wee bit more you know because it kind of gave us an or a dent today it kind of was part of mm-hmm. I think people in the north don't mock the Catholic Church as much as the ones in the south do or, or like you know to attack it as much as the ones in the twenty six counties do yeah and um, I think we see a lot of that here in Canada as well that yeah. the the only the the last great discrimination that is allowed, but is, you know, it's yeah, three, three, been, three o'clock here. It's time for divine mercy. Robert, we've been secular for so long; it's not a surprise. But when you think no. of Ireland and places like Poland and Malta, they were like the last bastions of Catholicism in Europe. I'm surprised that uh, even within a generation, Ireland has, like you say, uh, lost the faith pretty quickly. There hasn't it? Yeah, it, it happened very, very, very rapidly. That was the scary thing: like how 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 quickly all happened you know that's mm-hmm. yeah you know. very quickly yeah. i mean when i was there like last time was like i said just about eight years ago but before that it was 1988 i think uh, yeah. when i was in university and it was still predominantly catholic most people yeah. were going to mass the churches were, were relatively full and then it seemed to drop within the late you know the 90s and the o's type thing And along those lines, uh, Pope Benedict XVI at one time said something, and I'm going to have to paraphrase here, but essentially that the the church was going to become smaller, but more concentrated. Yeah. So kind of like the the pruning of the vines. Yeah. And so it's those of us that are faithful or or searching to be faithful Catholics coming together to uh, bolster each other, to have that faith and fellowship come together. And that, I think, leads into your own apostolate, Sean, with the Catholicism Rocks. So why don't you share a little bit about the Catholicism Rocks and and what it's all about? Which I thought had to do with music just before Robert begins when he sent it to me. I'm thinking, Catholicism Rocks? Okay, he's... He's marrying no. the faith with music, but not d- it wasn't. Dennis is thinking back to a great 1980s uh, video music video show here in Toronto called Toronto Rocks. So he, he figured Rocks. it was going to be this, the same kind same of deal. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Catholicism Rocks because well, the Catholic Church uh, uh, is um, the solid foundation of the it's a institution credit credit by or by Jesus. Jesus gave Peter. The keys and they called him the rock. And because of the mass rocks we had here during the penal times, whenever people weren't allowed to um, go to mass, they, they used to have it use a big altar in the fields, like maybe you know, people would go to mass in secret and use these big boulders for the altars and that, and they called it the mass rocks. And 
I wanted to, I thought, well, I want to re-evangelize Ireland. Whenever I seen the faith falling away so much, I just, I felt like we have to do something to kind of stop this or, or kind of hold what's going on, you know, the people falling away and the secularization taking over. And I wanted to try and uh, give witness or, or kind of show people the truth and the reason and how rational the faith is, you know, like, because I, I, I'm not Catholic just because of um, my growing up. I also believe it's like completely rational. So it's a complete, like, you know, it's based in reason too. It's not just, uh, you know, out of all the religions, you know, uh, I feel like this is the one that's most logical, makes sense. And, and you know, it's, it's, you can find a steep, like God stepped into history. So um, that's the difference between Christianity and other faiths, like God became incarnate, stepped into history, and it can be verified, you know, through different things. And we have the books and, and who, how did the Bible come about, you know, or who, you know, like all these, you know, how could you be, I don't know how people can be Protestant to be truthful. I don't really um, fully understand what the thinking there is or how, you, when, if you want to, if you research your faith, how anybody can still remain Protestant, you know, but, so that, that's why I believe that, like, and the Catholic faith being truth. And I want to explain those things to people. If people have questions and all, we want to have, be able to give answers and, and tell um, why we believe what we believe and uh, share it. Like we, we have a men's rosary group now and there. We, we, we go to different locations and first Saturday of every month. And we, we, we say the rosary in public. And I, I think that's a very strong witness but in, a, in this secular world today where you're, you're actually praying because people walking by, they're going to take notice. They, they, uh, they, they have a thought one way or the other. They might hate it or they might love it, but there's nobody walking by not noticing or thinking something about what you're doing whenever you're on your knees praying the rosary, you know, in a public sphere. Like nobody is just, just there's nobody just walking by not thinking anything about it. They, they, you're there, they see it and it's on display and it might prick their conscience or it might plant a seed. And we don't know how God's grace works, but I, I believe this is Our Lady's time. And I believe that through these public rosaries and, and through these things, um, that that's how we're going to win this battle, you know, it'll be through Our Lady. Uh, so Catholicism Rocks at the moment uh, is a website. We have um, an initiative where, do you remember the... Ice bucket challenge. Remember that ice bucket mm -hmm. challenge? Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Well, th this is going to be something where you, you say the rosary in public, in the public sphere, so it can be on a train or on a plane, bus, out walking the dog in the town or whatever, or, or, you know, out in the public sphere. You say the rosary, you know, you don't have to value yourself saying the rosary, but once you finish saying the rosary, you take a video and you say, I just did the Catholicism Rocks Rosary Challenge and I nominate, and then you nominate somebody else to do it because we have to go out of our comfort zones a wee bit. I think, I think you know, us being holed up in our homes, just praying the rosary and keeping our faith very private, uh, well, that's good. That's good. That is, you, you want to do that too, but I mean, I think we also want to show the world that we're not afraid to be Catholic. We're not afraid to, to show our faith. We're not, a, you know, and being kind of martyrs, as you said earlier, to be willing to be mocked, willing to be challenged, willing to stand up um, for it. So that's one of the initiatives we have. We, we have a writing competition on now about um, Halloween that we're doing. Um, 
from a Catholic or, or kind of inspiring from a perspective of Halloween, you know, about the origins or what, what, why we celebrate Halloween, you know. We also do a pray for prayers. So you put your name, anybody can put their name on the list on the website. And then you just say one Hail Mary for for everybody. And then everybody's saying one Hail Mary for you. So everybody's name is on the list. You're getting their prayers as well. You know, you're just saying one Hail Mary, but you're getting use of everybody's prayers. So if there's 100 people on there and you're saying one Hail Mary, you're still getting 99 Hail Mary's and grace back, you know, if you know what I mean. For a thing. So it's like pray for prayer or something like that. Oh, that, that, that's beautiful. I'm thinking of you, Robert, with Goldie and uh, the Rosary, and I'm well, thinking Keith Nestor. You have to put him in contact with. Yeah, we, we our we've old got a, a friend that we've had on the show before, and we're going to be having him back in. Uh, right now, we're looking at early November to talk about the Rosary, actually, uh, and he has what he calls the Rosary RV, and he gets in his camper with his wife, and they drive all over the United States. Praying their rosary and and mm-hmm. online, I wanted to come back. What you were talking about, just the, the notion of truth and reason, and and I think faith in, and reason. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, I think it's in one of Saint Peter's letters where he talks about we need to be able to give a reason for our faith. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And time and again, I've heard converts to the Catholic faith, so these Protestants and Protestant scholars that the more they studied the faith, the more they, they looked into the, the rationality of Christianity, the more it pointed them to the Catholic Church. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Look, look at Scott Hamm. He's one of... That's oh, Cardinal yeah, Newman's exactly. quote, isn't it? Is it Cardinal Newman who said to uh, study the Catholic faith is to or dig deeper into the faith is to cease to be Protestant? Protestant right? Yeah. 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 And I love this rosary challenge as well. And I, now that you're saying, I'm definitely going to do that. As Dennis referenced, when I used to walk the dog, I would be saying my my rosary. Uh, in the summertime, sometimes I'll be out and my scapular will be will be out, and I find it's just conversation starters a lot of the times. Like people yeah. are just curious, what is that that you're wearing? What is that that you're holding? What prayers you know are, are you saying? And it's a conversation starter, like you say, it just pricks their their mind a little bit. Uh, gets them thinking about things, mm-hmm. and then it might not be for months, and then you cross paths with them again, and they start asking more questions. Yeah, and, or, and or more never, questions. Or, or sometimes you never even get to see the fruit of of what you, you know you've done. Like you know, if you may say something, mm-hmm. and the person may seem completely against what you're saying, but maybe whenever they're given time, or somebody else says something else to them, or, or maybe like a whole lot of wee things they said to them by different people. That like you know, if you're maybe only planting one seed, and then somebody else is saying something, and then you maybe never get to know, but you'll know whenever we get to heaven, like because you said that that thing to that person, or you you done that one thing, that person actually came home to the faith, you know, or, or something, you know, and it, so we might not get to know nice. it, but yeah. And wouldn't that be a true blessing that when it's our time to end our, our earthly pilgrimage? And we go on, and God willing, we make it through purgatory, and we enter into paradise, and someone's there waiting to greet us to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having that conversation. Thank you for being that witness. You might not even know it, but I saw you across the park praying yeah, your yeah. rosary. I, right? I, I mean, you can think of it. There's different things I can think that that, that probably don't even, doesn't know how they affected me, you know, like... Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You seen somebody praying or something, and you thought like it had an effect on you, but and they they're not completely unaware that that, that they did. They know that so. 
Yeah, or maybe you never said to those people at the time, be it family members or religious that taught you over the years, you never said those words yeah. to that person, but you think about it now, 20, 30, 40 years later. I know that's the case with myself and certainly with Robert as well, I would imagine. Yeah, and, and conversely to that idea, I know Steve Ray, another great uh, convert to the Catholic faith, uh, he tells a story where on his way into heaven, he crossed paths with his neighbor who's heading in the other direction. And the neighbor looks at him and says, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you say anything? Yeah. Mm. Sean, this has been absolutely beautiful. Uh, yeah. and, and thankfully, Dennis didn't slide into his ancestral no, lilt there. So There's still some time left, Sean. We have a few minutes to go. And I like the tricolor behind you. The picture oh, of, is it our um, sacred, sacred, sacred heart of part, Jesus? Yeah. Yes. There, yeah. um, beautiful, Sean. And you're wearing the green and white, so it wouldn't. You would know by looking at Sean that's that he's a, got. Like, this I would is a, that's the Catholicism ropes. There you go. Yes, yeah. oh, you, the cross, you, beautiful. You you even have some merchandise there from Catholicism rocks. Oh, yeah. So yeah, put that on the show notes. People, right hopefully, people tune into or sign up to the website. It's completely free. Um, and, and before I forget, what is the website so that people can Catholicismrocks.com. Catholicism rocks. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, and so we have we have all different things on there. People can sign up. At, you, you can there's forums on there. Uh, we're kind of just getting started, so things are slow. But if you're a member and say Dennis is a member, you can have private discussions on the website or have somebody else in the mm. group chat. And so it's like you know you can have uh, private messages back and forward or start your own group on there and things. So. It's uh, there's lots of stuff on there if people want to take it out. That's how I'm doing it. And there's me and an R girl from uh, a lady from California. She's helping me, but we could do with help on it. It's, it's, whenever you're working full time and you have children, it's not uh, easy because oh, oh, we know, we know. Well, actually, Robert is retired, but I think he's working I'm more working now. Harder. Working he was at a prayer breakfast the other day. He's got Tuesday nights. He works full time. Yeah. He he went from retirement to working probably more more hours now than he was teaching. So I don't know if Robert knows the word retirement, but maybe one day, right, Robert? Yeah, uh, no, I'll retire when I'm six feet under. <laughs> okay. So a busy time, like you say, for sure, Sean. But uh, yeah. thank you so much, as Robert said, for coming on the show. Yeah. Uh, oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, it was nice. Uh, it was really good being on your show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to speak to me. Oh, no. Thank you for coming by. And may God bless your ministry, Sean. Okay. God bless. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Sean. Bye-bye. Robert, that was, that was a great show, Robert. I, I think Sean was, he was, he was amazing. I really enjoyed that. My yeah. Belfast accent wasn't too bad, but it wasn't great yeah. now. Thank you for not sliding into that and making him feel uncomfortable. But I know sometimes we just do that subconsciously. Uh, I know I do it all the time. Like I said, absolutely. But uh, I wish I had got up to the, the, you know, the glens of Antrim. I got to, like I said, we were at the Giants Causeway, but it's such a beautiful part of the country. I wish I had got traveled a little bit more. But anyhow, when are you going to get to the old country, Robert? I was going to say, speaking with Sean, it's one of those things. I know my mom would really like to go. Mm. Uh, It it is on our list of destinations. I would really love to get to the shrine of Our Lady of Knock. Knock. Knock, yeah. 
Now that you're retired, you can do it. Wait, you're not retired. I'm not retired. You're working more I'm than not ever. retired, but that's Tuesday nights. Doing God's work. God's doing work. God's work. You're busy though. You keep getting mentioned at mass. Father mentioned you today at mass. Oh, for 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 sacraments. He contacted yeah. the schools for sacraments. Yeah. Okay, I need to stop that now, Robert. You're gonna keep talk like that, there, my friend. And you know, you're <laughs> gonna get the like other that. accent. We will talk like Jean Chrétien. The, the the Canadian accent there. Uh, no, it was great talking with Sean. And as you were mentioning just before we we started recording this second part, it was just so refreshing to have a chat with another gentleman of the faith and just someone with who the, the faith is strong, has kind of lived the same experiences to a certain as far as, you know, being raised in the faith, falling away from the faith, and then finding the way back. Yeah. And then having that, you know, health scare and getting back to the faith. And I know. Absolutely beautiful story. And yeah, just something neither one of us could understand just as far as living through the troubles. And and Mm -hmm. he never had to fight for the faith. He shared the story about his brother who was beaten up for the Mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. But it was dangerous for Sean growing up to be a Catholic. And that's just something that... You know, we're very blessed here mm-hmm. in North America. We're very blessed here in Canada that we don't have to worry for our personal safety. Right. And things have improved in Northern Ireland. Thanks be to God. For Thanks that. be to God. Mm-hmm. Thanks be to God. But yeah, no, it was, it was just really nice to, to have a chat with uh, another gentleman of the faith. Guys, it's so, always nice to chat with you as well. So you don't think we need to put subtitles on this? I can't put subtitles on a vi- audio, but if it was video... No, he was. No, fine. I don't know. I no, no, yeah. it was. It was. It was really good. If if I could understand, I, I know good you point. were going to understand because yeah. you you grew up with this. You're right. Me, you're right. No. If you could understand him, no problem. Then nobody will have a problem. But always a pleasure, Robert. Both the pint and the conversation. No, especially the pint here, Dennis, and both of us with our Guinness, our, our velvety smooth Guinness, was uh, uh, nice. And I'll have to get over there as well too, so I can get a matching uh, monographed uh, glass there, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. But as but as always, Robert, the uh, it's a pleasure to talk about our faith as well. Very true, very true. Now, just before we wrap up here, Dennis, perhaps there's one small favor we could ask of our listeners. If you could take a quick moment and a couple of clicks to follow the Pints and Pews podcast on your favorite platform and give us a review. And while you're at it, give us a like on Facebook and drop us a line there or... Send us an email at pintsandpews at gmail.com. We always enjoy hearing from our listeners. Chat again soon, my friend. God willing. And until then, why don't you remind our listeners of the wise words of G.K. Chesterton. In Catholicism, the pint, the pipe, and the cross can all fit together. God bless. Take care.